Hello everyone, this is Lisa Fields, the founder and president of the Jude 3 Project, and I just want to take this time to personally thank all of our monthly supporters. We could not do what we do without giving from people like you. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you're not a monthly supporter and you would like to become one, you can go to jude3project.org and hit the donate tab and sign up. We are grateful for you and we hope you enjoy today's new episode. God bless. Hello, welcome to the Jew 3 Project podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew 3 Project. Well, welcome back. This is the Jude 3 Project. And I say welcome back because I haven't recorded the episode since November. So I had to, to take a break. I'm your host, as always, Lisa Fields, the founder and president of the Jude 3 Project. As you can see, we have a new set. I'm so thankful to, uh, to uh, our set designer, Meredith, and her assistant, Tori, uh, for, for helping, and her mom, for helping design this. Uh, Meredith is the wife of... Uh, well, one of our videographers, uh, Lance. So shout out to them for helping redesign and get our studio set right. I'm so excited. Also, you see me wearing some of our Black History merch. God made me Black on purpose. So if you want that, you can get that at jude3project.org backslash shop. Um, without further ado, we have an amazing guest uh, today, someone who is one of the sweetest people I have ever met in my life, uh, Christy Anabule. <laughs> I always say our last name wrong. I hope I got it right. You say anything fast, nobody will know what you <laughs> Welcome, Christy. It's an honor to have you with uh, us. Thank you. No, it's an honor for me. You are, just have been a blessing to me for a long time, not only through Jew 3, but through our mutual friends and loved ones. So I, this is just a joy for me to get to spend this time with you. So thank you. And I got to get me one of them shirts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure you get one. <laughs> um, before we uh, get into today's interview, just tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm Christy. I'm sitting here right now in Southeast Washington, DC. Um, this is where my family and church family, we minister um, in this area. My husband is a pastor of Anacostia River Church. And um, our mission as a church is to glorify God from the four corners of the block to the four corners of the globe. So we're active in our community in that way. And I try to be active in that way. I also uh, am a writer and um, as a matter of fact, have a new book that just got, uh, it's just on its way out the door. And um, I, I write and teach and speak um, in the area of just um, spiritual formation, uh, teaching the Bible and biblical principles, training Bible teachers, and of course, uh, leading and training Bible teachers in my local church. So. I have three children. Uh, my oldest is almost 24. She lives with us at home. And uh, my middle daughter, she lives in Chattanooga. And then uh, my son is a teenager and he's here and in the midst of basketball season right now. <laughs> and I have a dog. He might make an appearance or 
you might hear them <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, your daughter, uh, Fifi, she helped um, edit our first curriculum through. That's Outcome. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we th- we're thankful for, for you and, and your family. Um, you have a new book coming out uh, literarily. And uh, when I <laughs> just came in the mail a couple of days ago, super excited. <laughs> uh, when I saw the title, it made me think of this quote uh, because it's about biblical genres uh, by Paul Copen. He says, we don't take the uh, Bible literally. We take it literally. Yes. Love and, that. Um, yes. That was the first time I heard it. Um, and I think it's so fitting because, you know, certain parts of the Bible, you don't take literal because there are different genres in the Bible. What was kind of the motivating a motivating thing behind writing this book? Yeah, that's a good question. And love that quote. And that's really, I mean, that really kind of gets to the question that you're asking. As I was um, growing and understanding how to even study the Bible, and in particular, how to study the Bible with with an eye towards teaching it, um, I just growing up never really thought so much about um, genre. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I didn't even know about genres (laughs) for a long time. And so when I started learning generally that there were particular genres and how a genre is basically a category. It's just how you group things together. And so in the Bible, um, biblical genres are um, they help us to read the text appropriately. Um, Is it a story? Should it be read as historical fact? Is it a parable? Is it a poetry is there lots of are there lots of um, images and um, those kinds of things? Is, is it emotive? What so I think what motivated me to uh, write literarily is actually I was um, in Bible study with some young ladies and we were talking about how um, we were going through I think Esther or might have been Ruth but it was a narrative and I we were going through it talking about. Uh, just the plot, the 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 plot line, and going and, and teaching them about plot arcs and narrative arcs, and um, how to consider things like the setting and what the rising action is and the climax of the story and how that impacts our understanding. And so I had been learning those principles beforehand, and of course, when we learn things like this as believers or anyone, that we want to pass that on to people that we know. And so they were like, hey, you should you should write about this. I don't think there's anything out there quite like this. And so for me, it's just a way to bring a different kind of understanding, um, not different in terms of necessarily new, um, as if it hadn't existed before, but just helping to connect the dots. Why is the Bible laid out in the way that it is laid out? And how does that impact how we study it? And so for me, people ask the question a lot. They say, uh, I mean, do you study the Bible literally or literarily? And in my view, every book of the Bible can be studied and should be studied literarily according to its literary genre. Um, And then that will impact whether or not we read that passage literally, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're reading history, historical narrative, yes, you want to read that literally. If you're reading poetry, then, or, or proverbs, wisdom literature, you can't really read that literally because it's not meant for that. It's, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of figurative language, there's metaphor, there's, um, 
you know, images and those kinds of things. And so in that case, you can't read it literally, but you can read it literarily. So every book of the Bible can be read in that way, meaning reading it according to that particular genre, what that genre is, is, is meant to, how that genre is meant to um, help us learn about uh, the plan and the ways of God. Uh, and then that will help us to dictate whether or not we read a specific passage book or chapter literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so important because I think about, you know, one of the ones that one of the books of the Bible that's hard for people is Proverbs, you know, because it's uh, it's principles, not promises. Yes. And so people think, you know, like, you know, say something like train up a child in the way they should go exactly. when they get old. Then the people have, uh, you know, examples of children who departed and they're like, well, the Bible says. And so helping people to understand something like Proverbs and genre is so crucial because people will throw the Bible away because yeah. they don't understand literary context. Yeah. I mean, and then it also can really be a, it can be a crisis of faith, right? Mm -hmm. When you read that passage, for example, and you say, wait a minute, I've, I've trained my child in the way that they should go. So then why is, you know, is my child currently in this season of, of waywardness? And so mm -hmm. it can become a crisis of faith. Like what's wrong with me and my faith? What, mm -hmm. Excuse me, what's wrong with my child or what's wrong with God, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't want to wrongly, um, we don't want to wrongly make assumptions about ourselves or about our children and definitely not about the Lord himself. And I think that basic understanding of that's not a promise. That's not a command. It's proverbial wisdom. It's generally mm -hmm. true, but it's not a guarantee, right? That mm -hmm. um, that will help us a lot spiritually not to be caught up and and kind of um, potentially put ourselves in a crisis of faith when those things don't turn out the way we we thought that they should based on a proverb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when we think about the genres of the Bible, can you just give our audience kind of the major genres? Yeah. In, in scripture. Yes. Okay. So last time somebody asked me this, I took way too long because I get really excited about it. <laughs> so I try to keep it succinct uh, this time. But um, so the way I've kind of um, understood and even laid out um, literarily is um, so you have the first five books of the Bible. That's the Pentateuch. I'm not going to go through what's in each one of them, but we call it the Pentateuch um, it, or the Torah in um, you know Jewish tradition. And Torah just means um, law, but law not in the way that we think about it uh, today, but law in in the way of instruction. So that word Torah literally means instruction. So the first five books are God's instructions. What are the, the the commands, the expectations that God has given to his people uh, to teach them how he expects them to live? And so um, and so that's the first five books. And so those are instructions. Then we get to Old Testament narrative. These are the stories. So in these books, we are looking at how God's people responded to his instructions. So what did they, what did they do when, um, with the instructions that God gave? Well, we know what they did. They wild out, they rebelled, they disobeyed God, right? Mm -hmm. And we see that played out through the narrative stories. When we look at, um, when we look at the books of um, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Samuel, Kings, all of those, uh, we go through and we see the unraveling of God's people because they disobeyed his instructions. 
And so um, the other thing I want to point out is when we talk about, let's say, so we have narrative books, but there are elements of narrative in other books too. So there's a lot of narrative in Genesis. There's a lot mm -hmm. of narrative in, um, a good amount of narrative in Exodus. So it doesn't mean you won't find narrative or stories in those sections. It just means functionally, literarily, um, those books are meant for kind of a different purpose, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, so we have those, and then we see in those narrative books that not only do, does God do God's people rebel, but you you have kingdoms that are completely divided that alter the rest of Israel's history. And so, after that, then you get to uh, the prophetic books. Um, so you have the major prophets and the minor prophets. They're scattered. Well, let me go before you get to those. You get to the um, poetic books, um, mm -hmm. so like the Psalms, for example. And the Psalms are kind of the, the, the song books of God's people. And so mm -hmm. you get more of, yes, you have instructions. The narrative tell us how God's people responded and kind of uh, their lived experience. But then the poetic books tell us how God's people respond to his law, his instructions in an emotive sense. Like what, mm -hmm. what was their heart posture, their emotions, their, their attitudes, their demeanor. And it also gives us a little, a little bit of knowledge about, um, or a lot of knowledge as well about how, um, how they understood, who they understood God to be in the midst of everything that had, was happening in their society. Then you get mm -hmm. the prophets, and that's more of just um, warnings, but also glimmers of hope. You get God saying, "Hey, not only have you this, you have disobeyed my instructions, but there's consequences." And so you see the prophets speaking the word of God to the people of God, warning them again about uh, what would happen if they continue in their rebellion but also offering them glimmers of hope. But here's what God says, if you obey his instructions, that these calamities won't fall upon you. Of course, we know how that story goes, um, that the prophets, you you have um, swaths of people who just completely um, con continue in their rebellion and rejection of God. And, but then God always has a remnant. So we also mm -hmm. see that in the midst of that rebellion, the prophets holding out hope for the people of God, that God has not left his people without a witness and that mm -hmm. he will redeem and restore and keep that remnant of people who would continue to proclaim his goodness and to follow and obey him. Then you have, um, uh, I talked about poetry, wisdom, the wisdom literature um, is in the poetic realm. Then we have, we move up to the New Testament. We have the gospels. So now God's instructions are personified in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And mm -hmm. so from beginning to end, whether we, so we get that part, let's, let me finish. So then there's the gospels. Then there's um, the epistles. Those are the letters. Those are instructions for the church, for the New Testament church, as mm -hmm. they have understood the the um the work and person of Christ and come to him by faith now God's instructions are given to the church as a whole and then we get to the apocalyptic literature revelation and daniel so you have one in old testament new testament but those apocalyptic liter the apocalyptic literature tell us about the end um how God's instructions um are played out 
not only to the end of time, but also into eternity as God's people are redeemed and are brought into um, the, the heavenly kingdom, then how his instructions are um, per perfected through in as we're glorified with him. And so we see the end, not even the end, but kind of a new beginning. Um, mm -hmm. So there's no need in that in this sense um, that God's instructions have now been fulfilled in the person and work of Christ. And now as the people of God glorified with him in the kingdom, we get to enjoy relationship with him forever. And so those are the genres and a little bit about what I think how the story is being woven from beginning to end. And to me, it just paints a picture that from beginning to end, the Bible is one story about one person and the genres serve to help us to see where we are in that story, where we are in redemptive history um, and, and how it relates to uh, Jesus Christ and our relationship with him and how we should live as God's people. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so helpful and a very succinct way to lay it out. Um, one of the things I think is helpful um, when you think about genres and understanding the genres of the Bible and how the Bible was formed is understanding um, the difference between what's descriptive and prescriptive. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we were we did a, a recent event for for Jude three called Problematic Passages, mm -hmm. where we had um, Esau McCauley and Joe Vitale answer questions. Oh, and God, you yeah. see these this questions come in. Because people sometimes take descriptive as prescriptive. Yeah. So if David was a polygamist, uh, then polygamy is okay. You know, people take yeah. these kind of uh, views on scripture because they don't understand the difference between descriptive and prescriptive. Mm -hmm. How would you kind of help a person navigate through as, yeah. as they're reading the Bible, understanding that? No, that's a good question. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, again, when you're in, so given that example of um, Daniel, I mean, of, of um, David, David, or, um, or even of Daniel, there's examples there. So we think about David, even people will say like, you know what, uh, David slayed giants. So, you know, then the application is how are you, you know, what, what uh, giants are you slaying in your life or something to that? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we put ourselves in the wrong place in the story. And instead of understanding the story as describing how God's people responded to his instructions and therefore how do we respond to his instructions, we take those things as kind of like um, command or prescriptive, like this is this is how we should live. But I think um, what the what the narratives are doing, for example, they are telling us the story of God's people and how they respond to his instructions, but we need to make sure we put our, ourselves in the right place in the story. So mm -hmm. in the story of David, for example, um, let's say David and Goliath, we always want to be David, right? Mm -hmm. We want to be the one that's slaying the giant. But in actuality, if we were, we are the ordinary Israelite. So David is, um, he's our Christ figure, right? And so in David, we see not a pattern for us, but we see a glimpse of a king and how that king, um, you know, how that king kind of rules and how people respond to that king. We know any human king is fallen. I'm not saying he's he's perfect, but I'm just saying we get these we get these glimpses. We get these pictures um, 
And they are supposed to point us to a greater king, the greater mm -hmm. king, Jesus Christ. And so that's not us. We're not David. We would be an ordinary Israelite. So mm -hmm. we would be those people who need to be reminded of the God of heaven and need to be reminded not to be fearful and need to be reminded to obey the commands of the Lord. Um, and so I think sometimes that will help us as well to know just knowing who we are and where we are in the story, then that better will better help us to apply and to know whether or not this is prescribed, command, this you, you must do, or is it giving us a description and then telling us, okay, now how then must you live in light of that? Who are you in this story? And then how do you, how do you live in light of that? So uh, for me, that's kind of been a helpful practice as well. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. Um, what was your favorite chapter to write and, and why? Oh, my favorite chapter. Um, hmm, that's a hard question. Um, I like narratives. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I like story for a couple of reasons. One, there's tons of narrative in the Bible about half the Bible almost is narrative. And there's a huge portion that's poetry as well. Um, but I think I like it because you get to see mm, people's lives and you get to see, um, I don't know, there's just a lot of drama. There's a lot mm -hmm. of tension. There's and I'm, I'm the kind of person who, you know, I'm that person who likes histor um, like historical fiction. So I like to read that kind of information too. I like to mm -hmm. learn history through people's lives. So I think in the narratives, it gives me an opportunity to do, to do that. It gives me an opportunity to learn about um, the Lord and his ways, but also learn about um, biblical characters and um, yeah, and just kind of take a dip into their lives. So I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed it, um, enjoy writing it because uh, I was able to make some kind of modern day, well, I wouldn't even say um, analogies that I thought mm -hmm. were really fun. So y'all know uh, Will Smith just came out with his, his new biography. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a little Will Smith reference in there. That was a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I enjoyed, I just enjoy writing that one. And I, <laughs> love, I love history. I love historical fiction. I love biographies. I love learning history through people's lives. So that was just fun for me. Yeah. Awesome. What, what do you hope that people take away from this? Mm -hmm. Thank you. I hope that people not, that they would learn tools, tools that would help them to read their Bibles, better and to um, understand how the a specific genre or book or uh, chapter or even passage fits into the greater uh, narrative of the whole bible um but even but i hope that in using those tools and in seeing those things that it would draw us closer to christ i just I'm not an academic person <laughs> and I, I, I love people who have that bent, but um, this isn't an academic exercise merely. Bible study is a way for us to connect with the Lord. It's a way for mm -hmm. us to fellowship with him. It's a way for us to commune with him. And so in, in giving tools and resources and uh, strategies, those kinds of things, um, they're not meant to be an end in and of themselves. They're meant to free us so that we can read the Bible well and really enter into communion and fellowship with the Lord 
um, not merely to kind of have a fun academic exercise and we feel like we know a lot, but we haven't connected with God. Um, and so he's weaving a story and I want people to be able to see uh, what that story is and, and just to be loving the Lord more deeply and obeying him more, more fully as we get closer and closer to glory. Mm -hmm. So we want everybody to get the book. When does the book come out? March 1st. <laughs> yes. So you got uh, two more weeks. Yes. Two, four weeks. Yeah. It's about, yep. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it'll be available wherever books are sold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever books are sold from, your Walmart to your Amazon to your whoever you like to <laughs> wherever you like to buy books. And also, they can pre-order. Eventually, oh. I'm sorry. Oh, I was saying, can they pre-order now? Yes, of course. They okay. can pre-order now. That's really um helpful and, and that would be a blessing. But also eventually, uh the audiobook is gonna be coming out at some point. And I had the joy of having my husband to narrate it. And if <laughs> anybody has knows or has met my husband he has that he has that very white so i'm excited to, have <laughs> to narrate the book for us and make it easy for us to listen and understand well it's it's so great to have you on i encourage everybody to go pre-order the book i know pre-orders help tremendously um let's get that uh, on the amazon chart so definitely pre-order the book literarily i'm excited about it um, thank you so much for joining us. What are your social media handles? How can people get in contact with you? Well, if you can figure out how to spell my name, first name, last name, <laughs> I'm on, uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram that way. And then uh, first initial last name on, on Twitter, but I'm mostly on Instagram. So you can find me there. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been Thank a joy you. to have you. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> Thank y'all for watching another episode of the Jude 3 Project podcast. Uh, remember, you can subscribe wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Make sure to rate um, and leave a comment, share, um, subscribe to us on all our social media platforms at Jude 3 Project. You can get our curriculum through Eyes of Color. We have a new curriculum coming out that I'm excited to tell y'all about called Courageous Conversations. We'll have more details on that soon. You can take an online course, um, get merch, all at g3project.org. Remember, we have the Pastors and Leaders Conference coming up, uh, Preaching in the Culture. You can register for that. Um, it, we have an amazing lineup. We have Dr. Charles Goodman, Brian Loritz, uh, myself, Quiniquia Day, Esau McCauley, Charlie Dates. All the folks are coming to help us talk about the issues in culture and how to navigate through them um, for pastors and leaders. Um, so you don't want to miss that. You could register at preachingandculture.com. Uh, we had our problematic passages, which was amazing. If you haven't seen it, you can watch the replay. Um, and uh, all the things are at jude3project.org. Remember, you can become a monthly partner um, by hitting that donate tab. You can give online or you can give by the mail. We're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it. Until next time, grace and peace and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune into all our past episodes at www.jew3project.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, 
Google Play. Remember not only to subscribe, but also rate us. That helps us to gauge how we're doing and how you're enjoying the show. And it gives other listeners some ideas about the show as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Also, remember, we have our Bible engagement app in partnership with Back to the Bible to help you get better engaged in the Bible every single day. You take a survey, it assesses your strengths and weaknesses and sends you Bible verses based on those. So it's a great app. You can download the app by searching in your app store or Google Play, searching Jude3 Project, and it'll be right there for you. So thank you again. Remember, if you would like to become a monthly partner or a one-time giver, you can do so on our website or by mail. Just go to Jew3Project.com, hit that donate tab, and you'll see the option to mail in a gift or give online. We appreciate you, and I'm so, so thankful for you. God bless, and remember, here at the Jew3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.